You're listening to the Your Queer Story podcast, the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism, led by your favorite hosts, Evan Jones and Paul Hobbs. Trigger warning. Our content covers centuries of LGBTQ plus stories, and occasionally we may use outdated language or cover topics that include violence, assault, homophobia, transphobia, as well as other injustices against marginalized communities. Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story. And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer. I know you've missed my voice the most because you haven't heard me in like three weeks. I've I've heard that there's actually um, a petition to have you replaced with Samantha and her angelic voice. I'll just shut the whole thing down. <laughs> He's like, I'll burn this motherfucker. I'll pull the plug. I'll delete every episode. <laughs> Don't try me. I'm here forever. Forever and ever. You'll hear this voice for as long as this podcast goes on, which hopefully is a long time. Yeah. Unless... Um, Something crazy happens, like Jesus comes back, then right. I don't think he would very much appreciate us. Or he would really appreciate us. Or we all know. get rounded up and put into concentration camps. That could so also happen. Probably more likely than Jesus coming back, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Especially since Trump's actively trying to... He called for the execution of the whistleblower. I know, right? Which, um, <laughs> don't think that's how it works. He's like, this, he's so fucking stupid. He has no idea how, how to run a country. He's just like, well, we'll just kill this person. Get rid of Somebody's that told the secrets that weren't supposed to be secrets. They were only secrets because I wasn't supposed to be doing it. Right. So we should definitely kill them. Well, there's just the whole like premise of the whistleblower where like he's like talking to another country like maybe we can help you out or maybe we can't like you know like he's like yeah. some like fucking mafia boss like right tell, tell me what you do a little sum sum for me you play ball with me maybe we play ball with you maybe we don't and that works for like actual treaties and actual deals uh-huh. Not for behind-the-scenes fucking conspiracies. Well, not for, like, investigating your rival Right, that's side. what I mean. That's like, a conspiracy. It's one thing if you're, like, legitimately need to negotiate a deal with another country. Right. Like, hey, let's negotiate a trade deal. We'll sell you this at this price. You sell us this at that price. Yeah. Perfect. Let's yeah. make a deal. Not, hey, you want this aid so your people can live. How about <laughs> you investigate this person who's trying to beat exactly. me in the next election? It's not how it works. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so fucking stupid. It's not how it works. Sorry, it's just not. By the way, this is your queer story with your hosts, uh, Evan Jones. And Paul Hobbs. And it is the podcast that inspires peace, love, and radicalism. Oh, I was hoping you would have forgotten it since it's been so long. I will never forget that. No, you can't. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but it has been a minute since we've been in this studio recording together. And I am 100% sober today. So That's right. So we're going to see how things go. <laughs> you can tell us how you like this podcast and vote whether Paul should record sober from here on out or um, whether you want him to go back to being a drunken slob. Also, if you haven't already, please give us a five star rating. Oh, my um, God, yes. It would help so much. We are actually charting in several different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, where were a few of them? Bulgaria, Mongolia. Yeah. Um, 
random places literally most random countries that i i mean i'm so happy that you you're all listening i just would have never thought that we would have that kind of reach yeah so we really appreciate it but and we haven't done this in a while like made a hard plea but really guys um we could use your help and we could use your support if you rate us a five that really means a lot like just stop right now pull it up give us a little five or better yet if you can go to our patreon and even donate a couple dollars a month that's huge mm-hmm so. It helps us the podcast, and like we've always said, every dollar we make goes directly back into the podcast. Evan and I have made zero dollars as zero. podcasters. We have put a lot of our money in this. We have made zero dollars back, and we've also donated to just a lot of different causes. We want to continue to do that. Right now, we've kind of stagnated where like, we're able to maintain the podcast, and we are so grateful. There are a few of you patrons out there that have been keeping us afloat, and we appreciate that. But we'd like to be able to do more. We'd like to be able to do more in regards to the podcast. We'd like to be able to donate to more causes. I mean, in the future, if we could hire a sound engineer, that would be fantastic. That would, you know, what kind of content we could produce at that point? Because let me tell you, not just like the (laughs) podcast quality, but just the fact that we would be able to give you guys more content. Right. Because because I wouldn't have to edit or anything like we could just hand it off to another person in the time that I spend editing. I could assist in researching or we could record another episode or I could work on producing some kind of other content. Exact more content for our Patreons who have been supporting us. So we have a lot of things we want to do, but we're just kind of a little stuck with funding. But we want we do want to say thank you to those who have been supporting us. It means a lot. And if this is all we ever get to do, we're we're grateful and happy to do it. But if you'd like to hear more from us, it, there's a way to help out. So mm-hmm. um, rating us a five and donating to Patreon are two of the biggest ways that you can support your queer story. Yep. And um, sorry, we've been kind of AWOL for the last yeah. month. Um, Evan <laughs> decided he was going to get sick. And then I went to DragCon. And then the week after I went to DragCon, I went to Indiana mm-hmm. to visit family. So our schedules kind of blew up. And yeah. Uh, Shit September, that's what I call it. That's what I call September, because that's what it is. It is shit. Everything work-wise, schedule-wise, everything is just so shitty in September. Sorry if you love September, if you're born in September. My sister's born in September. We didn't even get to do an ally episode this year because we were so fucking busy. Although, we did get to have my sister on the podcast, so that's something. How happy were they? They were, well, Deanna was very excited. Although, did you hear the end? We really fucked up the end. I could not for the oh, life yeah. of me. I think I left here it our, in the whole mess, you mess did. up. You did. We, <laughs> I, I was could laughing not. the whole day. I, when I edited that ep- episode, you guys didn't get to hear it, but like literally every five minutes, there was just like this huge monologue of fuck ups and then they're like take that out sorry paul just yeah, over it and, and i was just sorry, i was almost paul. crying laughing because it was just like jesus christ yeah chaos is my favorite kind of humor <laughs> which is why i laugh when i get in trouble yeah it yep. works out great try it sometime it does not work out great you will get in more trouble don't do it um but yeah, so, but yeah, if you didn't, we got really personal in our last episode called Leaving a Cult. It has nothing really to do with being queer, but um, a lot of our listeners have exited like really toxic and um, abusive environments. So we, so we talked a lot about that. Um, and we did talk a little bit about like queer issues at the mm-hmm. end of the episode. And I will say that that was a very highly downloaded episode like mm-hmm. it got more downloads quicker than a lot of other episodes minus of course our true crime ones which 
every time we do a true crime people one, love it true just crime. like peaks. <laughs> um, so the true crime horse. Yeah. Going forward, I think maybe once every other month or maybe once a month, if we really want to, we could try to do a more personal topic if that's something our listeners are interested in. Yeah. A little more, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah, Whatever it, you want to know, we'll talk about. You just got to let us know. Just reach out to us, message us, email us at yourqueerstory at gmail. Yep. You can um, message us on Facebook. Um, how's our Twitter doing? I have not been on Twitter in forever. I haven't been on Twitter because I got kicked off and I tried to sign back in and it wouldn't let me sign in. And I did not want to ask you one more time for the fucking Twitter <laughs> password. So I was like, I hope he's running that thing. Nope, <laughs> I haven't posted anything Oh, that's great. Fantastic. But- I'm posting things on Evie and Jay Sandwich at Twitter, so you can check me out there. All of his 25 followers. Well, um, actually, I'm now up to like 50 or something, and um, I'm doing pretty fucking well. Wow, look at you. Yeah. Um, the reason I haven't been on Twitter, though, is because I've been running an Instagram page mm-hmm. for a completely different topic, but <laughs> that Instagram page has grown over to almost 2,500 followers already in like a month or so. And the link in the bio is yourqueerstory.com. So I'm still sending traffic to us through there. There you go. There you go. So uh, it's all going to come together some way. Full circle. Anyways. Um, we should we should get, we have a lot of shit to cover. Like <laughs> this so is much. Sexy 69 episode for all of you out there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm. this like started as like kind of like a loose, cool, whatever episode. And then it got into like really deep and like heavy studying and uh it ended up being two parts and um but I, it's one of my favorite episodes i've ever written to be honest like this is up there with the stonewall episode and um i don't know my other favorite josephine baker was an episode i really loved so um yeah and this is gonna bring us into episode 70 everyone yeah can you believe i can't believe we're 70. gonna have 70 episodes crazy that actually it's blows crazy. my mind <laughs> Yeah, so but we should get into it, and we're gonna try to break this up the way that I have it split up. But if we get too long, we might just abruptly have to cut it off. But don't worry because we're gonna be dropping the second half a lot sooner than we usually do. Normally, it's every Wednesday, but the second half is gonna drop um, within Sometime a couple days. Sometime before the next Wednesday. Sometime before the next Wednesday. <laughs> so you're gonna have to subscribe so that way when it drops, you get a notification. Exactly. It's and be a surprise. Before we jump in, I do want to give you a glimpse. If you're like, I hope you guys are back. We are back, and I want to give you a glimpse of our lineup for October. Um, so after it's like this, the TV guide. It is. So uh, this obviously obviously will drop on October second, and then and within that week, the second half will drop. Then on uh, October 9th, we have Lizzie Borden. We're covering exciting on uh october 16th we're covering queer hauntings on october 23rd we are covering henry league lucas and otis tool which if you are a real true crime fan you know of these uh awful motherfuckers um but they were also you know well you know you have to listen and then we'll uh end on um of course october 30th with our queer holiday halloween obviously um yes and also, for one of those episodes, we're going to record dressed in Halloween costumes, and we'll post a picture online. Oh, God. Are I you love... going to be a cowboy? Yeah, maybe <laughs> I will be a cowboy. It's my go-to episode, um, outfit, and it's really good. I uh, Whatever is the easiest outfit that I can get away with wearing, that's what I'm going to wear. Yeah, yeah that'll be fun. We can record in a Halloween costume. I don't know what I'm um, going to be yet. Yeah, I'm really, I really love when Paul just signs me up for things without Listen, telling me. Listen, I've been on a fitness journey... 
I've lost some. I've lost. Yes. I've been looking pretty good. I still got a little bit to go, but I'm looking pretty good. And I'm going to wear a nice little Halloween costume, okay? I'm really excited to sit across from you while you're wearing I'm going to be that. a nurse I'm or something. I'm the only one that's going to be fucking looking at you. But okay. Uh, all of our listeners are going to get to see it. <laughs> so. True. Thank you. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So October is going to be good. We're doing a lot of like gruesome, true crime, spooky shit to go with the month. Um, and also a lot of like a lot of fun because the people that either it's fun topics or the people we're covering are fuckheads and we can make fun of them. Yep. So, but we should talk about the history of monogamy and polyamory. So as we dive into today's topic, we will touch on a variety of discussions surrounding polyamory. We will, of course, address the history, but we will also lay down some basic principles and terminologies within the poly world as well as addressing the many forms of polyamory in which a couple or an individual could partake. In addition, we will stress repeatedly the differences between open relationships, polygamy, and cheating. This is due to the abuse often perpetuated by those who cheat or by religions that endorse polygamy. If all parties are not in a place to consent, fully consenting, and fully aware of what the they are consenting to, then that is not a polyamorous relationship. Please do not sully the goodness of polyamory by cheating on your partner and then claiming to be polyamorous. Right. Damn, I can read when I'm not drunk. I know, it's crazy. Oh my God. (laughs) So before we can get into the modern day culture of polyamory, we must first discuss the evolution of monogamous relationships. And I'm going to be honest, most of this First episode is all about monogamy. In fact, almost all of this first episode is about monogamy, but that's okay. It's fun. So anthropological evidence shows us that our ancestors were polygenic, meaning one male with multiple women. And since humans are descendants of primates, this form of mating makes sense. Of course, not all early men were able to establish their harem of women. Dr. Michael Price of Psychology Today wrote in his article, Why We Think Monogamy is Normal, Most ancestral men aspired to polygeny, even though most weren't impressive enough to attract more than one wife. And some ancestral women preferred to be the co-wife of a really impressive man than the sole wife of a second-rate one. So if you're confused at what that means, look up the song called Squidward Knows by (laughs) Cupcake on YouTube. That'll explain it all. I, I have no idea what that is, but I, I, God, I don't know what you I'll just said. I'll play it for you after. Okay, good. I'm excited. I think that's the whole concept still applies today. Like most women or people would rather be a real, with a really impressive person than a second rate person. Like, do you want to be the number one bitch to an okay person? Or do you want to be the number two bitch to a really cool person? really impressive person i'm asking you <laughs> oh i'm well i'm already the only bitch to a really impressive person so oh, yeah. Look i got the best of both worlds i can't speak for what everybody <laughs> else wants because i've already achieved perfection i also have achieved perfection <laughs> <laughs> no we have but i you see that all the time though that's why you see these guys with all these side chicks you know mm-hmm. but yeah i don't understand that but that's what <laughs> we're talking strong. about today that's right We cannot know exactly how monogamy took over, but there are a few firm hypotheses that proposed by scientists of early human development. The main drivers of monogamy are offspring and resource access, meaning that over time, mates found that by focusing together as a family, everyone seemed to thrive better. This is, of course, in a time period where the entire day would be spent simply on finding a place to lodge and food to eat. The stresses of early human life forced individuals into bands and tribes, which eventually turned into towns and cities and later kingdoms and empires. But even if two people paired up, this did not mean that they were sexually 
this did not mean that there was sexual monogamy. It's good to know that I still can't read, especially on the male's it's part. Like good old church teaching. That's right. Scientists have divided monogamy into four sections, and this was something I never really thought about. One, marital monogamy, which is only two people in a marriage, non-polygamy. Two, social monogamy, two partners living together and building a life together. Three, genetic monogamy, which is two partners reproducing children together and nurturing those children. And four, sexual monogamy, exclusive sex between two partners. It is not surprising that for most of human existence, the first three monogamous relationships have been practiced and cultivated by different societies around the world. But the fourth stage of monogamy, sexual monogamy, is a rather new development in human evolution. In fact, to call it a part of human evolution is a stretch since sexual monogamy is mostly only practiced in Western civilization. Eastern cultures are still very fluid in their sexual experiences and polygamy is a staple in many Eastern religions. So it's no surprise that the culprit behind monogamy is the same devil that's been ruining all of our fun for the last 2,000 years. Of course, we mean Christianity. Surprise! Every time it just comes back, it's crazy. <laughs> Who invented that fucking shit? Specifically, the institution of Christianity. Fucking Jesus. Fucking Jesus. He Even- was just trying to do good. <laughs> Even the religion's holy books is a... Wait, what? Even the religion's... Oh, it should just say holy book, but... Oh. Yeah. Even the religion's holy book is a strong proponent of polygamy. Almost every leader in the Old Testament had multiple wives and lovers. Take Abraham, not Abraham Lincoln, the father of both Judaism and Christianity, and a prophet in you Islam. You are literally the only person who ever thinks Abraham Lincoln when you say Abraham. I've never seen Every the name. Every person. Abraham, it's... he's Never such, seen that name anywhere else. You, <laughs> he's like the fucking founder of all monotheism. Do you know any other Abraham? Yeah, what do you mean? Besides this Abraham and Abraham Lincoln? No, I don't. Okay, then. But I Thank always you. think of Abraham. Abraham well, Lincoln was named after Abraham. Well, not all of us were raised in fucking cults, okay? <sighs> he had two wives and also took his wife's handmaiden, Hagar. Hagar. Hagar, <laughs> to, be, to bear them a son. Yes, this is where the theme of the Handmaid's Tale comes from. Yeah, so if you didn't know, so Abraham, what happens is he has a wife named Sarah and she's infertile. So he's like... So she goes, she's frustrated because she wants to have a kid. And so she goes, and I think Abraham had another wife who was bearing children. So now she's jealous and she goes to him she's and like she's like, fucking slut. She's I'll like, show her. She's like, look, she tells Abraham, look, take my handmaiden and you fuck her. And then that'll be my child. And Abraham doesn't want to do it, but she keeps pushing him. So finally he does. He fucks Hagar. He has, she has a child. And then sure enough, as soon as she has the child, Sarah's like, fuck that kid. I don't want that kid. And then Sarah gets blessed and she has a kid and then she hates Hagar and her kid and she banishes them. But the whole thing of like the handmade ritual where they like they lay down and hold the arms, that comes from the story of Abraham. Now see, they always say that the original sin is from Eve eating the apple, but that's the real original sin right there. The real of like having- This woman (laughs) forced this other woman to be raped Mm -hmm. and then like said, that's going to be my kid and then kicked the kid out. She wasn't pro-life. She was pro-rape, that's all. <laughs> no, it's but it is go that whole thing where it's like it's not really about pro-life, it's about like just pro She was jealous. Pro my side, pro baby. I don't know. Yeah, it's a very weird story. We also have the evangelical fanboy King David, a man who acquired wives the same way one acquires trophies. Only he didn't keep one trophy at a time like modern day husbands of trophy wives. David was so bent on having any woman he wanted that he even had a man murdered just so David could have the man's wife. 
And then there's David's son, King Solomon, reported to be the wisest man in the world. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 sex slaves. All three of these men are leaders and heroes in the Christian faith to this day, but their practices of sexual non-monogamy are harshly dismissed. Imagine having 1,000 people that you have to have sex with. This just, at that point, it just becomes a headache. How you have to, just to have sex with everybody in one year, you have to have sex three times a day. Exactly. And you have to have someone to schedule that shit. And like her name's like Bertha. And she's like, okay, girls, let's get together. You're on Tuesday. And then you'll be on Tuesday next year. You're at 9 a.m. You're at noon. And you're at 6 Everybody, if you could please keep to the schedule. This is this is very hard to do. The and game, if you have your period, too fucking bad too, for you. Bitch, we, gotta, we have a schedule and we got to get through everybody. Why would you even want that? Which part of it was like being a king. You would people would just give you a wife because you're like, oh, you're a king. Here, have my daughter, and then you would just collect them. Like people, Why? I couldn't. <laughs> you definitely didn't know their names. Oh fuck no, he didn't know their names. I'm sure he had like three or four favorites, right? And then like maybe he had like a subcategory of favorites, but then I'm the most of them probably just lived in a house for their whole lives and never saw the king, but also weren't allowed to fuck anyone else. Right. Maybe there's just a lot of fucking in the house and it was really hot. I don't know. That's how I'm imagining it. <laughs> Is it me? Yep. So how does the faith that follows polygamists become so pro-sexual monogamy? Part of it has to do with the culture during Christianity's early development. The Greco-Roman Empire... Greco. The what? The Greco. The Greco-Roman Empire outlawed polygamous marriages because they hindered the growth of the kingdom. In polygenous, polygenous? Yeah, polygenous. In polygenous cultures, the most elite and wealthy men would hoard all the wives. In order to inspire their warriors to go to battle for the empire, the Greek and later Roman leaders would offer wives. By limiting the wealthy men to a single wife, they were more su- there were more suitable women for the soldiers to marry. In fact, a soldier even had the opportunity to increase his status by marrying the daughter of a wealthy merchant or official. Before the law, these women were often married to a few of the other elite members of society, keeping the wealth at the top. In a sense, monogamy helped disperse the wealth gap somewhere, somewhat in the empire. Yeah, so it was just, it was like, so monogamy was just developed by the empire just to basically like, give people a reason to fight. They're like, hey, exactly. go fight. You'll get to marry this woman and then you won't be poor anymore. Exactly. And it goes all the way back to that first comment we made where like women would marry, would rather marry an impressive man. Right. But also like some, a lot of these women were married off. They didn't have a choice, but if they did have a choice, they're like, do I want to be married to this really rich guy? Or do I want to live a horrible life in a mud hut and be married to this uh, poor guy? And most people chose the money. Right. You know? Yeah. So, Surprisingly. Yeah. So of course this says of course this does not mean that relationships were sexually monogamous. Far from it, in fact. Most men had mistresses, sex slaves, and homosexual relationships with other men, which we discussed in our very first episode. Back in my day, we didn't have homosexuals. Nevertheless, the belief that socially monogamous relationships strengthened empires would have a lasting impact on the budding religion of Christianity. And as usual, Christians took things one step further. Who would have ever thought that Christians took anything to the extreme? <laughs> I would never guess that. Extremists? I never think of that when I think no, of Christians. No, no, never. They're just good old pap- Bible-worshipping people. Trying to get it back to the basics. Trying to get it back to the basics. After a few centuries of law enforced monogamy, the past practices of sexual fluidity faded to the background. Now what was once normal was now perceived as abnormal, which is Christian code for sinful. Before long, Christians were preaching the divine intimacy of monogamy, and we can't forget the racism, nationalism, and prejudice of 
of comparing Western white cultures to our enemies in Eastern brown cultures. The heathen Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist followers did not teach such sexual rigidity. Rigidity? How do you say Rigidity. Yeah, you had it right. Oh. Did not teach such sexual rigidity and thus reaffirmed the idea that the white guys were right about monogamy because the whites are always right if you haven't listened to anything Trump's ever said. Absolutely. I didn't even think of like when I was like researching that I had never even thought about that point, but it's true. Like when you're like, well, I think that people should be able to express themselves. You do, you know, especially in that time, you're like, oh, so you're like a Muslim, which could even be used today, but like you're like a Muslim. It's like people use today with, um, the Mormons are like, oh, you're just some kind of Mormon, huh? Mm-hmm. But it's like, it's just this way to other, these other groups, yep. you know. And so for the next thousand years, Western civilization was built on the lie of monogamy. And we say lie because most people still were not sexually monogamous. They may have been socially, maritally, and genetically monogamous, but certainly not sexually monogamous. Yet even then, it is still not true to say that most communities around the world are monogamous in any form. In the case study, Polygamy, a cross-cultural analysis by author Miriam Zeitzen, she tells of anthropologist George P. Murdoch, the scientist did a study of 1,231 societies and found only 186 were fully monogamous. The other 1,045 operated under some form of polygeny, with 588 experiencing frequent polygenic practices. From social, genetic, marital, and sexual overlap in partners, individuals, and families. So again, the lie of monogamy is a fabrication that has saturated Western culture. In addition to these facts is the point that Western Christians did not fully practice monogamy, though they did find justifications around the break in their own imposed beliefs. Raping and pillaging were considered warrior traditions. Homosexual encounters did not constitute as extramarital affairs until well into the 12th century, even with religious leaders beginning to harp on the evils of male-on-male love as early as the 4th century. Still, many men had young male lovers and did not consider those sexual encounters as non-monogamous, even though they certainly were. Lesbian love was also greatly ignored and rarely ever condemned even after strict rules against homosexuality came into law because if it's two women, it's hot. If it's two men, (laughs) it's sinful. Exactly. In addition, it was seen as customary for wealthy men to take a mistress. As society continued to evolve and non-monogamous practices went underground, people still remained sexually active outside their marriages and partnerships. And despite there being four categories to monogamy, sexual monogamy is the only area anyone ever really means when they speak of the practice. Though our Western culture is monogamous in these three areas, maritally, socially, and genetically, there is still a struggle for sexual conformity. By the late 1800s, people openly flaunting their extramarital affairs were considered scandalous. But that didn't stop the sex from happening. Even if we just take the last 100 years of presidents, we have Warren Harding's notorious affairs with several women, including a so-called niece, who later wrote a best-selling book about their dalliances. Warren Harding was fucking everyone left and right. (laughs) Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt's each had separate mistresses. Dwight Eisenhower's public overseas affair, John F. Kennedy's multiple women, including the infamous Marilyn Monroe, Lyndon Johnson's secret lover, and Bill Clinton's intern debacle, along with a trail of other levels, uh, 
and Bill Clinton's intern debacle, along with a trail of other lovers as well as rape victims, and of course, our current commander-in-chief. So when we're just looking at the presidents, Right, the see, person who's supposed to hold the highest moral of any person yeah. in the country, supposedly, right? Yeah. That's like the whole belief. Right, yeah, you're standing for American values, right? And then, mm-hmm. like, all these guys, and, and Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt's case, Eleanor also, they're like, they're all sleeping around and some of them have like Franklin and Eleanor seem to have a very good understanding. Even people have talked about how John F. Kennedy and his wife, Jackie had an understanding of like exploring outside of their marriage. Mm -hmm. Of course you couldn't say that. Right. But, but like that was, you know, and people have alluded that Bill and um, Hillary have the same thing. Who knows? Maybe she seems to not care today. Yeah. She doesn't seem. Yeah. I think either she's like made peace with it or she never really cared that much or they've always had an open relationship and she's just a lot better at keeping it on the down low. Mm -hmm. But also he has like um, sexually assaulted several men as well. But like, so like this, uh, again, this whole thing that America is founded on this idea of like, we're a a godly monogamous um, nation. It's just bullshit. Mm hmm. So monogamy has not worked universally in our society, though we have desperately tried to force the concept. Instead, Western culture has divulged into lying, cheating, and serial monogamy, which is a practice of jumping from one monogamous relation to the next and claiming monogamy. After all, how big is the difference between 10 monogamous relationships and one long open relationship? And I just mean that in like... It's like when people just date back to back. I don't mean Mm -hmm. like if you have 10 relationships in your life, but if you're hooking up with someone... Like if you're dating someone for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then you're dating another person for a couple of weeks and this idea of like you're jumping from person to person, like I'm done with this person. And before you hardly even out of that relationship, you're on to another mm-hmm. person. In my mind, I don't know how the difference is. Maybe you have a different opinion. Um, yeah, see that I, I, I kind of agree with you there. The thing is, though, that they're not staying with one person that. They're like the other three levels of monogamy with. So Mm. I think that's why it's kind of different. But I agree with you if you're just like, yeah, I mean, maybe they don't want to date the other person. I don't know. You know, obviously they don't want to date the other person. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I I mean, yeah, I realize they don't want to date the other person. But my thing is like if you're constantly feeling the need to move on to someone else, I think for me, that's part of like the whole poly thinking whether it's polyamorous or just polygenic thinking, like the idea of like every time you're in a relationship, you need to find someone else and you don't want to cheat on that person because you feel bad. So you just go and just leave that relationship and jump to someone Mm -hmm. else. Like that's constantly filling a need. You're not, that's not, in my mind, that's not like a monogamous relationship. You shouldn't constantly be looking for someone Mm -hmm. else. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, there was like in the middle, I'd introduce you. It was, and of course, hmm? I interrupted you. I oh. said, yeah. And of course, this isn't to say that there has never been any long-term healthy monogamous relationships. We aren't criticizing the practice of monogamy. I myself am in a monogamous relationship and I'm very happy, mm-hmm. but we're just pointing out the falsehood that Western culture is built on true monogamy or that it is somehow better to be monogamous. Every person's different. Every person's yeah. going to want different things out of life. Um, if you want to be in a mon- uh, poly- 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 polygamous, po- <laughs> polygamous, or is it poly polyamorous? Polyamorous. Oh no, yeah, you, polyamorous. Yeah. If you want to be in a polyamorous relationship, be in one. If you want to be in a monogamous relationship, be in one. But there is a lie that as a society we are a monogamous country. It's a lie of monogamy, like Evan has said. Yeah. Um, it's masquerading as that. But if you're cheating, or if you know people are cheating, it's not true monogamy. Yeah. You can't 
be sleeping with other per- people and say you're in a monogamous relationship. Right. Exactly. And that's it, that's the point we're making. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just the whole, it, there's such a backlash against poly people that we want to really like make it clear to folks, but it doesn't, that's again, like, like Paul said, it's not an attack on monogamy. Like I, and also it's what feeds you and what is good for you and where you are in life. Like I identify as a polysexual pe- person, but my wife does not. And we're not in an open relationship. We've talked a lot about it. We've had a lot of conversations, but the reality is, um, like, that's just not working for us right now. And so maybe that'll change. Maybe it never will. It doesn't, like, what I know is that today I'm happy and um, content with my wife. And more than content, like, like it's a relationship that feeds me on so many levels. And I, in turn, try to give back to her. So if you're a polysexual person, that you could still be in a monogamous relationship. That doesn't mean you're not polysexual. Right. Um, and doesn't mean that a monogamous relationship won't work for you. And if you're a monogamous person and you're w- meeting a polysexual person, my, my um, advice would be have conversations and both of you remain open. And everybody needs to talk about everything in the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be satisfied, it might not be the right relationship for you. Yeah. If the other person doesn't want to, um, if the other person doesn't feel the same way about you. And, yeah. and, it's better to have that conversation in the beginning than to be dating somebody and then hurt them one way or the other. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Be upfront. Talk about it. Communication is just so important. Mm-hmm. So as mainstream society grappled with the concept of sexual commitment, minority and oppressed groups were already beginning to reopen the discussion surrounding monogamy. After all, when one realizes that their orientation or gender identity does not fit into the so-called norm, then an individual is more open to questioning other aspects of sexuality. For many decades, non-monogamy was practiced in the queer community, though not always in a healthy or safe manner. This was partly because of the leniency of sexual standards and partly because of the options of living monogamously in other respects were unattainable. Queer couples could not marry... Queer couples could not be maritally monogamous, socially monogamous, or genetically monogamous. So sexual monogamy became less important as well. Which makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And then, But like I said, like what it also drove people to was like a lot of random hookups mm-hmm. and not safe sex. And then, you know, and we see what happened from that. But I mean, this is from a society forcing people into these boxes. Right. absolutely. Telling them you don't have an option, which is... It is so crazy, like, the society that loves and values monogamy is forcing you into a polysexual lifestyle. Yep. So for most of the 19th century, non-monogamy was seen as a perverse form of sexual deviancy. All the while, individuals continued to break the rules within their relationships by having illicit and extramarital affairs, cheating, hiding, lying, and covering up their non-monogamous ways. And this just goes into the repression that people are being forced into. If you feel like you're a polysexual, if you feel like you need to identify as polysexual, identify that way, have that conversation, find somebody who wants to be in that relationship, or... If you're in a relationship with a non-polysexual person and it works, then great. Yeah. But the lying, the cheating, and the hiding is that's, not something yeah. that's ever going to work. And it's just going to lead to both of you ending up hurt in the end. Every single time. I like, I don't know how many times I saw, like, it was because, like, before I, I met Samantha or even, well, even before that, like, long after I came out, I was in a, a polysexual relationship and, um... And, you know, and I would see people in all forms of life. And there were a lot of people that were in open marriages that were fine and good. And there were a lot of people who were lying and hiding to their wives. And even 
it's bad enough what you're doing to your loved one. Mm -hmm. That's bad. But these people that were lying were in this constant state of fear, this constant state that like, if you text them at the wrong time, their, their partner's going to find out and you're going to ruin things. These people were in a constant state of fear that their partners were going to find out and catch them. And that's not a way to live. No, you're miserable and then your partner is going to be miserable. Exactly. And both of you are going to end up hurt for, I mean, if you're in a long-term relationship, years to come. Yeah, exactly. And possibly for the rest of your life, depending it, on where you're at in life. It does in t incredible damage and it is it is trauma to put someone through that, to take away their security in a relationship because of something you selfishly want. Go to couples counseling. That's what I tell people. Mm -hmm. Go to couples we counseling. We are pro-therapy. Like, 100%. I haven't been, I used to go very uh, frequently, like every week when I was in my teens. And I am thinking about going back just once a month just to have yeah. somebody to check in on, you know, say, hey, here's how I'm doing this month. Oh, yeah. What I do go, you think? Oh, I go to one-on-one -on -one therapy every other week. I go to couples therapy every other week just because we like to have someone that you have as a sounding board. And I go to group therapy like a couple times a month. Mm -hmm. So like I'm, I'm up the ass with therapy. It's good. It's a very good thing. And it, um, I think that therapy needs to be destigmatized and mental illness needs to be destigmatized because mm -hmm. the sooner that happens, the more healthy our country will be. Did you see totally different? Did you see the, what the not Fox News host said about Greta Thunberg and um, how she, the girl that's from yeah, Sweden, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like he like said that we shouldn't be listening to a mentally ill child just because she, she has Asperger's and oh he's like, Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Anyways, I can't get over the way that people treat that young girl. Like she's like trying. She's to, literally 16 and she's trying to save the world. She's like, I'm just trying to save you fuckheads from dying. It's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to save you and your children from dying. And people are like, oh, yeah, some kid's going to come in here and tell us what to do. Literally, that's exactly what's happening. But she made a very valid point. She said <laughs> the younger generation is watching and we will never forget. And guess what? She's 16. She gets to vote in two years. I don't yeah. know the laws in her country, but if, if it was American laws, she gets to vote in two years. And how inspiring is that for other people her age all over the world to see that? Yeah. Like, they're the next generation. They're the ones who are going to vote to take your guns away, vote for all this climate change. Um, you fucked yourself. They're the ones who are going to be in power whenever you're in your 70s and you need someone to keep you alive. So yep. we're just running all those wheelchairs up to the cliff and I'm like, no. But Basically. seriously, like, do you not realize that we're the people that make sure that you have insurance when you're older? We make sure you're fed. We make sure that you're not living in your own piss in your house. Like... You know? And you've made it so hard for them to achieve anything, to get yeah. anywhere. How do you think they're going to feel when you're in your old age and you need things? Just yeah. keep that in mind. Just like literally, if you want people to be able to be around to help you, like remember you're going to live past this moment. Yep. Anyways, it's not a threat. Just I want to know if you want to play ball. No. <laughs> Kidding. Just uh, <laughs> warming up the hands, that's all. <laughs> Uh, you didn't even finish. Then a breakthrough. Oh. Yeah. So going back to the script, because <laughs> I don't even know how we got off on that tangent. That's all right. Then a breakthrough came in the form of a new term and a new form of lifestyle introduced in 1990. The term was polyamory. Next week, we will discuss, actually not next week, sometime this week. As yes. A special in surprise. a couple days. We don't, you don't, we're not going to tell you when it's going to drop, but it's going to drop out of the blue. Slap you in the face. I don't even know. Like a dick drop. in the face. That that's a good surprise. Uh, we will discuss the beginnings of modern day polyamory, the principles of the lifestyle, and the different aspects of multi love culture. Yes. Um, is it some years? 
Huh? Oh, I did. Oh, no. You keep going. So we will have several resources throughout the next episode. We will have several resources throughout the next episode. But if you want a head start, we suggest one of the most well-known books on polyamory, The Ethical Slut, A Practical Guide of Polyamory, Open Relationships, and Other Freedoms in Sex and Love by Janet W. Hardy and Dossie Easton. Um, and that's, it's probably, yeah, it's one of the most well-known um, books. And it's especially for people who are single. So next week, we'll talk more about books like if you're in a relationship or not next week, in a couple days, we'll talk about, like, if you're in a relationship, there's a book that's better for you to, and you decide you want to open it. There's a book that's better for you. But if you're single and you're trying to live the poly life, definitely check out The Ethical Slut. It comes highly recommended. Um, and you can also check out the long-running podcast, Polyamory Weekly, available on most podcast platforms. And that, it's been going for like 10 years. Yeah, and we'll have a link to that at the bottom of our script. The word, like the, I'll just link the name Polyamory Weekly. So if you can't find it for some strange reason and you were able to find this podcast, <laughs> there will be a link on our website. Yeah, we're pretty much wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to Polyamory Le- Weekly. And like I said, if you want to check, like some, there's a lot of facts in this episode. Um, like if you want to like go back and read through it and remember our scripts are on our page and while you're there, you could just like click a little link and go to Patreon and hit us up or you could, you know, check out our merch store or something. Yes. Our merch store. We have some great stuff on there. It's yep. still for sale. I know it's not pride, pride month anymore, but guess you what? You can be, be proud. queer any time of the year. I, um, it's what? a little late. I was going to say I could put up like a little gay Halloween mug or something, but it's oh, a little late. It's a little late. Maybe a Christmas mug. Yes, I will have, listen. Yes. We will have a cute little gay Christmas song. I'm not sure what it'll be yet. Um, if you have some ideas, send them my way. Yep. Um, but yeah, a nice, that'll be cute. Yeah. A nice little gay Christmas mug. There's no gay Christmas mugs on the market. There probably are. Don't go looking for them by ours. Um, <laughs> Don't go looking for them. Have you seen Christmas? It's just tripping over coffee mugs. That's all it is. <laughs> but you're not tripping over gay Coffee no, mugs. you're not. So there'll be queer coffee mugs. Maybe I'll make a few different styles or something. We'll see what we got. We'll definitely have something for you. So if you want to give yourself or someone you love who's a queer your queer story fan a, a unique gift for Christmas, we'll have some stuff up there. Um, but yeah, so check out those resources and like we said, um, be looking because in a couple days this second episode is going to drop. So stay queer. Don't get a little bottomy. We love you, our little allied hookers. And our little succulent sapphists. And our proud homocrats. And uh, have a sodomy circus. You see, if I'm not on the podcast, you don't get that. I can't do it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story. Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory. And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. See you next week. Bye. Bye.